Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is our world traveler, Logan Stump. I thought you said wordle traveler and I was like, what is a wordle traveler? That's where you uh, play wordle as you travel. That's fun. No, one of my friends actually... uh... I don't know. Actually, I can't say that. I don't think. All right. Anyway, I don't think <laughs> whoa, I can say whoa, it. Okay. I, I can't. I'll say it after. <laughs> okay. Then, off air. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I don't actually, I don't know if I can release that information. So. Uh, well, everybody yeah. else is just going to be on the edge. Oh, of they're going to be dying. Uh, eventually, when it, when this thing does happen, I'll tell you. But um, yeah, I, they're probably like, what is happening? I'm so confused. Don't worry about it. It had something to do with Wordle. It's fine. Yeah, but we were both traveling. Um, yeah, we were in the past week. So this is, uh, you know, we, Logan got home at like two thirty p.m. yesterday and was like, uh, wimped out. He's like, I can't do the show tomorrow today. <laughs> I was actually hoping you wouldn't, because I actually just, I just wanted to chill yesterday <laughs> as well. So that was very nice. I was like, great, he'll do it too. I was was gonna text you. Can we do it Tuesday? And then uh, you text me. I was like, great, that's awesome. So we're doing it today. Uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, I was out when that episode premiered, so I'm assuming we'll just catch up and do two this weekend or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the closed pyramid. Um, I'm thinking of moving that to like every other week right now, just because we're so stacked on stuff. So we'll probably. Be back with that this upcoming weekend and just kind of talk about the last two weekend results. I, I think that's a better way to go about it because it's I don't think there's as much stuff going on there to do it weekly at times. So just some some quick updates to the schedule as it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, h- how are you today, Logan? I know it's weird because like I, I, usually you and I talk quite a bit like through text and stuff. But I think with both of us traveling, like we, we kind of texted each other, but not really. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been nice, man. Uh, I came back from Arizona. I was in Arizona, Scottsdale. I saw some Phoenix Rising stuff. That was pretty cool. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was pretty much just uh, there was Atlanta United kits all over the place, um, which seems to be a popular thing. Yeah, real strange. Um, I guess it's a really popular spot for bachelor parties and spring break. Uh, I did not know Scottsdale was known for that, but it is. And so, no, had a good uh, weekend celebrating. My brother's getting married in May, so pretty exciting. But Jordan, how'd it go? How was uh, L.A.? I know you were out there. I, you saw some. You saw Toronto's field. That was kind of strange. No, no, I saw a BMO oh, right. <laughs> Stadium, which is the home of LAFC now. Um not to be confused with BMO field in Toronto, but yeah, I got to see, uh, I got to see that. That was pretty cool. Um, that's something my friend rich, uh, surprised me with. He was just like driving somewhere. I had no idea where we were going and, and it took like an hour from where we were to get there. But, um, yeah, it was cool to just kind of like see it. Uh, and yeah, it was really great. We, you know, for people that don't know, I got to tour like, WB Studios, um, Universal Studios. I went to the Universal Studios Hollywood theme park as well. And I also got the tour uh, Dodger Stadium and touring um, Disney Studios. So <laughs> in three days, it was like boom, 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 just getting all that stuff done. Got to stay at the Safari Inn, which has also uh, been featured in tv and movies and stuff so it was, it was a good movie trip i don't have any movie podcast to kind of talk about it on i guess but uh maybe i'll talk about it on the disney podcast behind the dreams a bit but um and maybe the dc stuff for wb on my dc podcast so so you know stay tuned for those but it was just cool to be like like um to be there um I have not been to California since 2016. So that was, oh my God, seven years ago. <laughs> Proposed to my wife at you know, Disneyland, California. And that was the last time I'd, I'd been there. So it was nice to just kind of see a different side of it too. You know, um, the Burbank area is like where we mostly were based at. So that was, that was pretty cool. I never really, 
you know, been up there uh, too much. Usually been in like the Anaheim area and like where the, you know, um, like walk of, you know, fame for the stars are, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. The the Chinese uh, theater, th- those type of things is where I've kind of usually been in, in L.A. So it's nice to kind of see a whole different whole different side of it and felt like we were, uh, you know, seeing some like cool history stuff with different studios and all that. So, but that does mean I did not get to watch like any uh, of the games on, um, on uh, like the midweek games, like the open cup, um, which I did not get to see, but you know, Saturday, I was also at my parents' house. I didn't even get to really watch uh, too many of these games. I was like eagerly following along with the score lines, which were some big stuff to talk about. We also got some U.S. men's national team stuff, and I think we'll just preview next week the, today. I, I don't know if we're going to have time to do a midweek episode per se this week um, just because we're already doing this on a Tuesday. So I think we'll try to cover as much as we can today. Um but yeah, so some big storylines that have happened. One, USA have scored seven goals away from home for the first time ever when they beat Granada in the uh, CONCACAF Nations League. We had uh, the the stateside soccer show Derby, which was Orlando at Philadelphia, which I'm glad I was not covering uh, that day because that was um, a really bad result for Philadelphia because they continue to underperform. Orlando somehow figures out how to score goals away from home. And that's where, you know, uh, how they win the game. We had uh, Jordan Morris go off and score four goals as he seems like he's fully back from his injury now. And we have St. Louis who has won their fifth straight game of the year as they win against RSL at RSL uh, four nil as they continue to just continue scoring goals and not really conceding. Um, that many lately. So that was a big storyline. LAFC won again. Minnesota continue to like draw and do well without Reynoso. Columbus beat Atlanta 6-1. Just kind of like big storylines that happened this weekend. And I pivot to you, Logan, who was um, out of town and probably periodically checking these scores and getting updates and stuff. What was like the most shocking thing to you Saturday night while you're out clubbing that you're getting notifications about. <laughs> well, first of all, on the West Coast, Jordan, I was bored at night because all the sports, like, yes, it's a benefit to have sports early, but you forget, like, uh, even the wet, like the West Coast game is like usually just one or two West Coast games. And so you're only watching like one or two games. So it was really boring at night. Um, so I well, that's get- what Rich was like. Rich is like, do you want to go back and watch the uh, World Baseball Classic final? I was like, dude, it's the eighth inning. Like, <laughs> this thing's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was strange. So I, I don't know if I like Like, people always – I always was envious of, like, them being able to wake up and watch, like, NFL. But now I'm not because I just – I actually like it in the evening. I like watching the games in the evening. So I don't really know. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think the biggest thing um, that kind of stood out to me um, – Honestly, it was probably Orlando. Like, I, I thought going to, to Subaru Park, and I was on the free kick pod um, last week, like midweek, um, because I was you know, cheating on you. Um, oh, yeah, I was playing the clip uh, of it while we were in the car. Oh, um, um, I said nothing bad about you or anything about, the, you know, no. But uh, I, I think ultimately I was, I was shocked about that result just because Orlando usually struggles uh, on the road, um, and they really never play well at Subaru. So I, I thought... For uh, to uh, for us to go up there and get a, a two nil lead early, uh, I thought that was massive. Ten that, minutes like, in, yeah, I thought. I mean, you know, I think people are like, "What about the crew in, in Atlanta game?" That's shocking. I was like, "Yeah," but I mean, Miles Robinson wasn't playing. Uh, but I mean, I guess it is still shocking because I think the crew started a bunch of teenagers. So no um, Almada, yeah, uh, and no Almada for international dude. Right. So I, I think that was a big thing, um, just because. Uh, of the scoreline itself, six to one uh, is not favorable um, for anybody. So no, I but I do think Orlando just going to Subaru and and yes, I know they don't have Andre Blake. Um, I, it's it was it was like the the matter of depth. They didn't have I think El Brujo wasn't there because he was on international duty, but Orlando City didn't have 
uh, I think Facundo Torres. And so, well, it, it was, I think both teams Pedro. had something like nine players out mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Like it, it was a lot of players. Out. I know the union also had a red card. I forget for who. Um, Oh, it was uh, it was um, Carranza, right? Had the red yeah. um last week, but uh, you know that that's kind of been the story for everyone this week, because usually before you were able to say if you want. You're frozen. Uh oh, Jordan is frozen. I don't know what to do. Are you back? Oh, he's gone. Good. I've taken over. This is great. Hey, you're back. Yeah. Did you freeze too or no? I have no idea. Because if just, you couldn't tell. My screen turned black and just spun. Um, yeah. I have no anyway. idea. Uh, I kind of was like the union's backline there, non-existent uh, for a while. But it, it was, uh, you know, every team is kind of going through this. And since the League's Cup is happening this year, everyone has to um, everyone has to play during these international um, weeks now. So before, you'd only get like a couple games this week. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine to play through international windows. It just kind of sucks when some of these games might mean a lot, right? And, like, uh, Atlanta had to go out there without pretty much the MVP of the league this early in the season, and they get absolutely slaughtered 6-1 to to the crew. Now, they probably still shouldn't have lost that much, right? But it kind of is what it is. I do have a question for you because I didn't get to listen to the free kick yet, but, uh, like, was Todd very confident? Or, like, what was – did he let on on if he's confident in that game? Yeah, so he he said I, he goes I don't make predictions anymore. So um, and he said Logan, you get if you want, but he was confident that with the depth that the Union should grab the three points against Orlando. Um, and I think because I, I mean I I talked about it. I said Orlando City has really struggled to create any kind of chances, and unless Martino Hayda plays well, then it's not going to go well. Well, he did play one well. assist, ten minutes, <laughs> right? I mean, so yeah. But yes, Todd was Todd was like I think with our depth, and it was funny because he had mentioned Andres Pereira. Like we had a, obviously a conversation mm-hmm. about Andres, um, and he, and Jim Curtin had said that he was really impressed with Andres. That going forward, that he was really impressed with him in the attack as much as he was in the defense, and that you know he was going to start to see more time in behind some of these midfielders that have you know just to give some more depth and with the, all these matches coming up. But again, it was like we it was like we had seen the game Jordan before we had even seen the game. It was like they had released a teaser and, and Todd and I had seen it because basically what we had said kind of went and, and and played itself out, except for the fact the union uh, didn't play well. So, yeah, it's it's uh, look, I know a lot of union fans that are online, right? Uh, one of them uh, posted, you know, the, this past weekend is it okay to panic now or are you guys going to tell me to, you know, relax still? And I like the tweet because uh, I've kind of been thinking things haven't looked right all season. And I know it's only five weeks in, but you know, uh, that that's kind of been where I sit with it right now. Now, some people didn't like that he said that also because they were like, well, I'm going to back the team no matter. It doesn't, it's not a matter of backing the team or not. I, I back the team. I think all of the Philadelphia Union fans back the team, but it is okay to worry about it because I do think there's something just fundamentally not going right for them this year. Um, even with Blake in uh, the, the, the go- in goal, I think some of the issues with the defense 
is a little worrying. Some of those issues were happening when Blake was still in there. It's just that Blake would either save it or, you know, I, I think if Andre Blake started this game, it's probably not 2-0 10 minutes in. It might be 1-0, right? I, I think there's probably a save that he would be able to come up with, even though I don't really put those two goals on Bendik. I put it more on the defense. So the defense really hasn't been the same. I think uh, the offense hasn't really been the same. I, I think like uh, uh, Ura has not really uh, impressed me much even last year. I know he probably put up decent numbers last year, but there's just times where he's kind of invisible, right? Like there's times where he's not really doing anything. Um, there's times I don't know he's on the pitch, right? As a union fan, you're watching the game. You're like, as Ura even like touch the ball. And then sometimes he'll come up with a goal. So that happens. But this year it it's been a little bit more of a struggle for all the, for all of the players. It really feels like, um, so I don't know. I, I mean, look, I'm not worried about them missing the playoffs. I think they'll, f- you know, they'll, they'll finish in the top nine of the East. That's no problem. But like others have said, I want this team to be kind of firing on all cylinders. So that way, when they're in the Champions League, they have a realistic chance of moving on. If they continue to play like this, there's no way they're beating Atlas. There's no way. Right, if they continue to play like this, so uh, props to Orlando for scoring. Uh, you know that's kind of been their problems, right? The Union had twenty six shots, by the way, twenty six, six on goal. So you're talking about twenty that are <laughs> off goal, right? To Orlando's twelve and four on goal. Uh, so they had better there. They had better possession, Orlando. So you know, uh, we kind of always talked about at the first four weeks, how Orlando hasn't really scored that many goals. Um, And they haven't still, right? They've scored five. So two of them were that game five weeks in. But, you know, giving them props for um, being able to pull that one out. They got a a plus one goal differential right now. They're not giving up a lot. They're giving up four so far. And they sit fourth place. So kind of the perspective of Orlando has kind of changed already in just a week, right? Where they can jump up three points. And while they were hanging out by ninth, I think they were last week, they're now all the way up to fourth. So it's kind of like, you know, a a big leap up the table there. Only two points back of Atlanta, who we were all raving about recently, right? So three points back of Cincy, who is a legitimate contender. So Orlando kind of got exactly what they needed to do um, up in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I, if you look at the union, though, like I think the biggest concern, obviously, you, you mentioned it, was the defense. They, they had a historic year last year defensively. I think they only gave up like 23 goals or something crazy last year. Uh, already at eight, right? Yeah, already given up eight at this point. Um, and doing it at home too. Uh, I mean, it, they've been leaky all over the place. And uh, yes, like, do you attribute some of that kind of like regression and drop off to an Andre Blake injury? Probably like, I mean, there might be things that he saves that Joe doesn't quite get to. Um, but I, and I think there's kind of that, that confidence issue too, where the defenders know who's back there. And while they might not obviously say it, but think it, <clears throat> you know, there's not a confidence level of like, okay, I, I'm going to go get out. It, Cause there, there's times I think where Glesnus and Elliot, can kind of get out of place with the confidence and knowing that Blake's going to be back there to kind of stop him anyway. So it, it, it is like that, I think, but I think also too, with the union is like you said, Jordan, um, when the aura and, and God's dog well goes dry, I don't think that this team's that great, um, which is tough because I, I think, you know, you, you've got Julian Carranza, but I think if he scores, um, it's not going to be to the level uh, in as extreme as some of the other guys. And maybe he's, maybe he's the best score out of all of them. Right. Maybe Julian is. The, I mean, I'm starting to think that he might be the best uh, finisher out of all of them. Gazdag had an MVP season, but we've seen the likes of like a Carles heel and stuff or uh, a Carlos Vela kind of drop back a little bit in, in the goal reduction. Sebastian Jerusi's not scoring on a, on a rate like he was last year. So I don't know. I, I think that you, you would obviously see some regression with Gazdag because I think that he had an MVP caliber season. It was just that Hani was better. 
But I think with the union, yeah, I'd be a little bit more concerned just because I, I think with the defense that you've got some serious issues because I think that's something that they, that built this team. That, that's their backbone is to be able to defend. Uh, and Jim Curtin's not getting the same production that he was last year. And you're not getting the same production up front, obviously, because I think they were pretty historic last year in the attack as well. So, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, if, th- if things go the way it's going this year, and if, let's say they don't turn it around, I, I have... Then we'll be current coach in the U.S. That's what I was leading to. I, I do think more of a curtain maybe being like, I've taken this team as curtain far as I call, can, baby. which was an MLS Cup final, and I'm I'm gone. You know, I, I could totally see something like that. Um, not saying it's going to happen, but, you know, I, sometimes it seems like that that happens where it's not like I'm saying he's going to get fired, but it's like one of those things where he might be like, you know, things not going so well this year. I might just dip out. <laughs> uh, and I probably wouldn't blame him on that either. Uh, but let's look at who's leading the East, by the way, it's new England, not who we had right on, on the bingo card at the beginning of the season. Um, now I had them, uh, 11th <laughs> and you had them 12th. Uh, so we were not high on the revolution, but th- they pulled it off. Benteke, you know, gave DC the lead and then Gustavo Bo and, and Buck scoring for the revolution in a pretty even game against DC at DC and, uh, New England has, uh, what is it? 12 points. Out of five games, they only have one loss. They have no draws. They have four wins. So they're off to a pretty great start. They've only, um, like goal-wise, scoring seven, giving up five. It's not, like, tremendous right now. I think we'll, we can't really give, I think, too much thoughts on, like, goal differential yet. Still so early in the season. But I'd say having a positive one is always good. And uh, the fact that they've only given out like five goals compared to some teams giving up like nine or eight is a really good start for uh, New England. Yeah, uh, I mean, Carlos heels back now. He was he played uh, in that second half uh, and had the leading <laughs> had the assist that led to uh, the equalizer. I want to say, and then they took the lead uh, and then cleared a ball off the line. I don't know if you saw the highlights, Jordan, but it was nuts. Like cheer, they. Literally cleared the ball off the line and the game was over. It's like, dang, that was close. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of looking at the, or the union. I'm kind of looking at the revolution uh, and the results. They beat a really bad Charlotte team 1-0 in that opener. They then pounced all over the Houston Dynamo. I know some people are higher on the Dynamo because I guess their underlying stats say that, and they played better uh, than, they, than I think people thought. Um they beat them 3-0. Uh, they lose 4-0 to LAFC, but I think that was, yeah, that was at LA. Um, and then they've got a, a 1-0 win over Nashville. Nashville's got tendencies to not score at times. They've only scored four uh, goals, and, and we've talked about how much of a problem that can be for Nashville um, before. And then they play, they, they beat a DC United, but had to come back to do it. So, yes, I think it's exciting. Noel Buck looks fantastic. Uh, the young 17-year-old looks like an absolute breakout star in this league. I think he's going to be phenomenal. Um, and I, I'm, I'm excited to see what is headed, where, where they're kind of headed. But again, you and I talked about this, Jordan. Uh, they're going to have to have a lot of cushion because I think they're going to lose a lot, a, a lot of players over the summer. Uh, and I think Petrovic, uh, who's their goalkeeper, is high on many lists in Europe. So Yes, a great start for the Revolution. Do I think it sustains? I don't think so, just based off of Carlos Heel uh, having a hard time staying healthy now. Uh, and Gustavo Bo uh, really dependent on him as uh, a goal scorer, which I think uh, he kind of struggles to do at times. So, again, I'm not sold. I, I think that they're a, if they are a playoff team, they're a bottom below five, I think. Um, but, again, if Carlos Heel stays healthy, um, then I think that can kind of push him over or if the rest of the East continues to suck like they do. So (laughs) this just goes to show how wide open the East can be, right? Like if we're looking at our top four of the East right now, it's new England, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Orlando. People didn't really think Atlanta, or I guess we didn't, or some people didn't right. Think what Atlanta would jump up this great to start the season, right? They're in a top four spot. Since he is somebody that people thought would be there. I think the Revs were one of those teams where people were kind of thinking like, 
I don't know, they could be good or they could have another down year. It's kind of like people were kind of sour on Bruce Arena, right? And and kind of like the aging of the, of the squad and stuff. But they've kind of turned it on. We have Orlando, another team that people thought should be up there. So we're kind of at this point where it's like, you know, the team that everyone thought would be up there, Philly, is not up there right now. Um, people uh, thought Miami might be better than they are this year. Miami's hovering around nine, right? But right now, if we're looking at playoff teams, granted, five point five games in. And one thing I really love this year is being able to say all these teams are five games in, right? It's not like yeah. this team's played There's three, this team's played team five, now. this yeah. team's played. Like the only reason or we like have an unequal yeah. amount in the West is because of the, the storm. Otherwise, yeah. everyone would be kind of on, except for like, I guess the teams that play, there are some teams that have played four just because of the uneven number of teams. Yeah, I think but Montreal is the only Montreal one. and Chicago. Yeah. But but mostly, right? Everyone right. is kind of like it's closer. It's not like I've played two, you've played seven for some reason, <laughs> you know. But here's the playoff teams: New England, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Orlando, Columbus, Nashville, NYCFC, Philadelphia, and Miami. Um, those are your playoff teams as it currently stands. Now, of course, there's teams like Toronto, New York that also have six points, um, just kind of lower due to the tiebreakers. They sit 10 and 11th right now. They have Chicago, D.C., Charlotte, Montreal. I think the thing that most people are going to be shocked at is how bad Charlotte has been to start the season. They've been able to get four points, but there was a while where they had like zero, right? Or one, um, Charlotte got a point again uh, the, this week against the Red Bulls um, in a game that was um, saw Charlotte come back due to an own goal as New York scored in the 43rd minute and 74th minute. Charlotte get an own goal, but they had way more possession. They had 74 percent possession as the Red Bulls had 26, but the Red Bulls still had nine shots on goal. Uh, sorry, nine shots, six of those on goal, while Charlotte had six shots with only one on goal. So Charlotte's still having some problem scoring, right? Um, they, they beat Orlando right last week. They scored two goals then. Everything felt great for them, I'm sure. They go in this week, they get a point. So they're kind of on an upward trajectory, I guess, Charlotte is. That, you know, They had zero points two weeks ago. They have four now, but I, I think they're still kind of the, the one. I, I expected a regression, but I'm kind of shocked at how much they have regressed, actually. Yeah, I, but again, I, I think their story continues with the fact that they, they're just not going to defend anybody, so they really cannot afford to have uh, no goals. I mean, they, they have to rely on an own goal to get their goal. Um, they really did only look impressive against Orlando, um, and, uh, you know, I think there's, they've tightened it up a little bit, but then again, the Red Bull aren't really scoring anyway. So it, it's tough to kind of gauge on this match just because it, – and, and a lot of these international windows like this are going to be like that just because a lot of the players are missing. So it's kind of a, a toss-up. But I think we're still back into the story of just – they haven't really figured out how to play Swiderski and Kopetti together. Swiderski scored in the Euro uh, qualification. Um, so that's exciting. But again, Nashville – or sorry, Nashville. I, whatever team – uh, I meant to say, you know, yeah, thank you. Um, good Lord, I've done this like three times now. I called the union or the Revs. Anyway, I think with Swiderski scoring, I, you know, that that's exciting. But I, again, they haven't figured out if they need to play Capetti as a nine and then Swiderski as like a second nine or, or kind of in behind where it's almost like a nine and ten playing, you know, that similar midfield position or whatever it might be. It's definitely not on the wing and that's kind of where they happen. But again, I've been impressed with the way that Vargas has played. Um, young kid, finally starting to play uh, for his worth. Um, had a nice goal against Orlando that came off a deflection, but I thought he looked pretty decent in that match. But yeah, Jordan, I think... It, and then you worry about this ownership group, right? I mean, the Teppers are not known for building successful franchises, um, and they sell out the freaking stadium almost every time. So it, at what point do you see... Uh, you know, kind of that that anger start to build because I do feel like you know, as soon as it starts to sour, they're gonna be like, "This is just like the Panthers." 
Well, I think it may take a few seasons, yeah. right? I mean, if we're looking at today, like they're only two points off of a playoff spot, they can still conceivably turn this thing around. Um, it's like one win. All they got to do is face the union. They're probably shooting up the standings a bit here, but that, you know, that's something that can, um, I would say as long as they're like close, I think that they'll probably be like feeling I think the fans will be feeling pretty good. Like, oh, okay, we, you know, we, yeah, it's not going as well as St. Louis. I, I think the St. Louis thing hurts Charlotte a bit here because Charlotte came in, immediately had the circus with their manager saying that they're screwed and he gets fired, right? And then it seems like most of the veterans didn't like him. And then they come in and they start doing well and they like just miss out on you know kind of making a run well this year i think you're like so i think last year like okay it's kind of fine first year not bad then you come in and you see st louis have five straight wins to break an mls record and scoring goals for fun and you're probably thinking all right why, why couldn't we have done that right like you know like why what made them so much? Why didn't we prepare ourselves better? Right. And if St. Louis goes on and has like a really great season, I'm talking supporter shield MLS cup, making a huge run in the playoffs. I think at that point, Charlotte fans would be kind of more sour, especially if they end up missing out on the playoffs. I think if they were just continuing to build what they worked on and you didn't have a new expansion team come in and just completely steal thunder the way St. Louis has, I think they'd probably be feeling a little better, right? I think they'd be like, okay, we're only two points from a playoff spot right now. We had a slow start to the season. We're going to be fine. Question of, okay, we're benching Swiderski, right? We're, we're putting Copetti, who it sounds like might have behavioral issues. And, you know, like there's just... Stuff where th there's some stuff there, right? I, I, I think they'll probably be fine, mostly, I think, the fan base. I, I think next year, if they continue to kind of not... Let, let's say they missed the playoffs this year, and, and they missed the playoffs next year. I'm thinking then, of course, you'll start seeing um, less sellouts, you know, less 60,000 people there. Um, you're going to start seeing more complaints, I, I think. But I say right now, the fans are probably still feeling pretty good. Um, you know, it sucks that they had such a slow start to the season, but the fact that they've now got four points out of six, I, I think they probably feel better. So what do you, I, I like if you're looking at Charlotte and then you're looking at Austin, so Charlotte's in his second year, Austin's in its third. Which one do you think fans have felt more disappointed by? Oh, fans have definitely felt more disappointed by Austin. They were pissed year <laughs> one, right? Like That's true. <laughs> they were like wolfed out three games into the season. That's true. But I, I think it's just the way that the fan bases are. You know, you have different fan bases, of course, over you know, I think mostly, if I'm gonna be general here, I think most fans are the same. Right. I, I think most fans are the same. You'll have football players, soccer players. I'll be like, I play for the best fans. And you know what? They'll be like, they show up to games and they cheer me on. I'm like, well, most do. Right. Like mo most fans do those things. Right. They watch the games, they buy the jerseys, they go um, see the games at the stadium. There are some fan bases that go take it the extra step. Right. Um, have really good TIFOs, really good chants. Uh, maybe really bring atmosphere. But there are also some that are more passionate. I, I think most fans, you know, you're going to get on any fan base, you're going to get people saying the coach sucks. I would have made better subs. No matter what, who the coach is, no matter what the team is, right? We see it across all world football all the time. But I do think just from like my interactions with Charlotte fans compared to my interactions with Austin fans, Austin fans are more passionate at that level of we expect more. And of course, they ex they expect it more year one, too. 
but after a season like last year, I see the Austin fans already being like, we should have had four straight wins to start the season. I don't know where, why they think that, but that's the way they think. They think we should be better than we were last year at this point already. And I think part of that for Austin fans is, of course, seeing St. Louis do so well to start off their career. But Charlotte fans, I never really heard that, right? Like Charlotte fans, I feel like are a little bit more measured of, you know, it's tough to be an expansion team. It's it's the kind of stuff we said to Austin fans in year one, right? It's tough to be an expansion team. You never know what it's going to do. This is MLS. Um, it's kind of the vibe I get more from Charlotte fans that I interact with. So, uh, you know, there's different fan bases. I think most fans are overall in the same camp with stuff, but a lot of the vocal ones that we deal with with Austin, I feel like I would answer your question, Logan, of Austin fans are definitely more disappointed year three in than Charlotte fans are disappointed year two in, um, even though Austin has had better success already. I agree. No, it's, uh, I think it's just an interesting point just because I think, the, like you said, everybody was looking at St. Louis and saying, well, you know, they've come into this this season uh, in their inaugural year and have exploded. Um, but I think like you, you had alluded to it before is teams are going to start to look to prepare differently than they have maybe in the past, because I think St. Louis did a really nice job had St. Louis too. Uh, an academy kind of team and they use them to really prepare the guys for MLS. And I think Austin and, and Charlotte struggle in the sense that they're just, un, they're so unpredictable because they've, they've not had that kind of success where they've, where they've built this team or these teams based off of experience in the past with, with guys from USL or with, you know, uh, I think playing against some of this MLS talent too. So it's interesting. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on it because I think Austin, I mean, you're looking at Austin and, and you're going, man, I, I think if you're looking up and down the table, I would say, especially on the Western side, they're the biggest disappointment so far. Uh, I think the Union and the East are, are the biggest disappointment, and I think Austin and the West. So it, it is interesting. It's a It's been a fun start, five games in, and we're already talking about the best team in history <laughs> for an expansion side. Um, and then we're yeah. also talking about a, a Union team that we thought were going to just run away with the East being absolutely pummeled by some of these teams. So it's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd say Austin is the biggest disappointment in the West for me. Uh, I, I think, obviously, I I thought they would go down a bit. I put them down another one spot, right? They're only three points off of the spot that I picked them to be in right now. So I don't think that's too bad. I think the biggest disappointment in the West right now is the LA Galaxy, right? They're sitting 12th, right? Um, they just drew with Portland, nil-nil. And now, of course, they have, you know, Yeovil international duty Chicharito's injured right so things are not starting off super hot for them but Logan they ended up having 67 percent possession at Portland 17 shots four on goal and it ends nil nil right this is um this game had nil nil written all over it I watched the first <laughs> half and I was before I left to go to my parents house and I was like this this is not <laughs> this is not gonna score nobody's gonna score a goal it's just kind of how it felt. Even though lots, they had lots of shots. They had shots on goal, right? Um, overall, 27 shots for both teams. And only five of those on goal. Nobody scores. And uh, just kind of not much to talk about that game. But I, I put LA probably in the biggest disappointment spot for me. They have three points out of four games. Um, they've taking the lead, you know, against Dallas and then Dallas scores three on them. Like there's, it's like, sometimes there's, they look okay for like a half or a couple minutes, get a lead or whatever. Then they blow it. Uh, they've only scored two goals. That's a problem for them going into the season. Uh, they've given up only four. So the defense is kind of there for, for the galaxy. It's just, they can't, really score right now and i'm a little worried a little worried about them i understand that they're kind of in a tough spot best strikers injured their other striker is on international duty this week so there wasn't a lot um for them to really do i guess but 
the only upside I see from LA right now is that they're not Kansas city and they're not the rapids. Like that's the only plus. Yeah. And, and you got to bring up their, their issues with the transfer window. You've got to bring up the fact that, right. you know, they don't, they can't make any outside moves this summer. Right. And and the way that the way that it's going too, and I think fans are kind of ignoring the fact of this too, is the fact that like if Chris Klein stays in power, then it, it's going to continue to be this kind of similar idea. But also, if the team is sold, it's going to take them a year to sell that team. So it, it's going to be <laughs> either way that you look at this, it's not it's not going well for the Galaxy, and especially when you've got neighboring LAFC before Jordan. You didn't really have to worry about the neighbor down the street, and you had to worry more about like who Seattle might be able to sign up the road more. Um, you would worry about bigger clubs like NYCFC being able to get somebody. Hell, maybe even the Red Bull if they wanted to open up their pocketbook and actually spend, but they never really did. Um, I think it. My God, it, the <laughs> days of the Red Bulls when they had Terry Henry yeah, and right? Tim Cahill, and they, they right. were so much fun back then. Yeah, but I mean, you look at this Galaxy team, and, and it, there's a problem. Like, it, there is a serious problem. Uh, their XG is one of the lowest in the leagues. They're down there in the likes of, like, hanging out with RSL. They're hanging out with teams that they just shouldn't be hanging out with at the bottom of that thing. It's, you know, Minnesota United at 4.1 XG. Galaxy, 4.7. They got the Timbers tied with them just below them, CF Montreal, who have been atrocious in the attack. We've talked about how bad these teams have been. We just talked about Charlotte. They got 4.3 XG. We've talked about this attack who's supposed to be pretty good. And again, they're missing their best attacking player in Chicharito. They're missing their second best attacking player in Jovalich when he's on international duty. And then they're putting that burden on him to where they're not really giving him the, the confidence and time to really prove that he's one of the better scorers in this league, even when he is healthy and so is Chicharito it's like okay what, what what's really going on here like there, there seems to be Ricky Pooch is the the really the only player that I think when you watch this LAFC or sorry LAFC there we go again uh LA Galaxy team um it, it just there's no there's no bite to them at all uh and luckily their defense has showed up this year Jordan because they were atrocious last year Luckily, they, they do bring in, you know, a new executive who's coming over from LAFC. So I, I do think there's positives here, right, that maybe won't all rest on Chris Klein, right? <laughs> there's there's stuff like that. Um, but, you know, three points on the season. They don't have a win. <laughs> That's They have three draws and a tie, uh, three draws and a, and a loss, um, so I guess that's at least one thing they got going for them is they're consistent, they're drawing, but it, again, it's because they can't score, right? Uh, one of those draws uh, is it is nil nil, right? Uh, what was the other? Um, there was probably like a one one, and there might be another nil nil. Yeah, nil nil with KC. 1-1 with Vancouver, nil-nil with Portland and L.A. I guess the only upside is that they've been cons three straight weeks of draws instead of having a loss in there. That was week one um, for them, week two for the league. Uh, but they, they can't score. They scored one goal in a loss and one goal in a draw, and they have two nil-nil draws. It's not great for L.A. to start off here. Here's the West playoff teams. St. Louis in first with 15 points. They're getting three points a game. Uh, that is because they have not even drawn yet. They are straight up uh, five wins out of five, 15 goals scored, four goals against. They have a plus 11 goal differential, which is nowhere close. The other close team is Seattle with eight and LAFC with six. In the East, there is no team close to that. They have three is the highest goal differential in the East. So just kind of <laughs> what St. Louis is doing is not just winning games. They're not just lucking out and winning one nils, right? They are absolutely dominating. They're coming from behind or they're absolutely slaughtering them three nil, four nil at the start. Seattle in second with 10 points, eight goal differential. Seattle's only given up two goals. Uh, as well, they have three wins, a draw, and a loss. LAFC in third with 10 points. They've only played four games, though, so they have a chance uh, to kind of leapfrog Seattle. 
They've scored nine. They've only given up three. Minnesota in fourth with eight points. They've only played four games. They can leapfrog Seattle to second place uh, with a game in hand. They've only scored five, though, and they've uh, given up three. So Minnesota not scoring as much, but uh, they are pulling off some some good uh, wins. Two wins, two draws. Pretty good start for Minnesota. Dallas in fifth with seven points. Austin in sixth with seven points. San Jose in seventh with seven points. Houston. Houston. This is the prize team of the West, I guess. Houston. <laughs> In eighth place with six points. They have two wins somehow. Portland in ninth with four points. And that's your playoff teams. In the bottom of the West is RSL with three points. Vancouver with three points. LA with three points. KC with two points. Colorado with two points. But yeah, Houston beat NYCFC 1-0 this weekend in what? I guess was, I don't know, upset or not. I do find it weird uh, that Houston has now played, uh, has has played, what, three out of five games against the East? Yeah, they started the first two. Off with two, two straight. Yeah, they just beat NYCFC. Uh, and then they faced off against Austin, who they beat. Right. They've only played four games. So, yeah, three of their first. Three of their wow. four games have been against the East. What is going on with that schedule? Luckily, they hosted at NYCFC. That would have been nuts if they had to gone to travel. Because they started <laughs> out on the road against. Uh, For two straight, yeah. Yeah, against Cincinnati and New England. That would have been crazy. That would have been like this. I mean, I guess you would have catch you would catch up somewhere, so you'd have three lovely games at home. Um, but, oof. Yeah, but you would also think, like, starting in February and March, you would want to have Houston at home against the East yeah. in case of delays instead of playing in the East to start off. But That's true. Whatever. They've been good defensively, though. Look at them. 4.4 yeah. expected against them. Um, they've only given up five. Uh, so Ben again, Olsen. I, yeah. It's been – I think their attack's going to struggle um, just because I think uh, Sebastian Ferreira uh, is not really the person that they need up top. Um, so I think they're going to have, have some work to do up top and score. Uh, but Hector Herrera's played better. So that's been, that's been key in their kind of – I guess, surprising all the pundits. Uh, last week was the first time that Nashville conceded a goal and they lost. This week they concede one goal and they lose again. So Nashville just having problems scoring still if it's not coming through Hani Mukhtar. Um, they've only scored four out of five games, right? They've only scored four goals. Two of those goals in week one. And I think two from Jacob Schaffelberg. <laughs> yes. Jacob scored two goals. Uh, and I think another was a defender, from what I can remember. Probably. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, kind of kind of worrying for Nashville. Uh, their goal-scoring capability, anyway, I guess, is, is worrying. Their defense looks great, only giving up two goals. But yeah, you have Schaffelberg, Walker, Zimmerman, and uh, Taylor Washington are the ones that have scored their four goals. So Taylor Washington is another f- defender. So two defenders and Schaffelberg are your uh, are your goal scores. All right, let's run through some of these uh, results. I guess we looked at the table. We did all of that. Um, Portland, LA was nil nil. Like I said, Charlotte, New York was one one. Columbus six over Atlanta, uh, one. Goal scores for the crew uh, was um, Morris scoring in the 14th minute, Ramirez scoring in the 47th and 64th, Quinton scoring in the 51st, Russell Rowe scoring in the 68th, and Arfston scoring in the 90 plus one. 
Brooks Lennon scoring for Atlanta in the 71st minute when it was already <laughs> five, five nil. Uh, so not great for Atlanta there. That was in Columbus though. So a pretty big swing sucks for Atlanta when they just won like five, one right. Or five, two to like have that goal differential go immediately away pretty much with this game. Uh, New England beat DC two one. We talked about that. Chicago beat Miami three to two. That's for our buddy Andrew. Um, Chris Mueller scoring thirty minutes in. Uh, Negri scoring for Miami in the forty fifth plus three to make it one one at the half. Oh, sorry, two one at the half because Tehran scored in the thirty eighth minute. And then you had uh, equalizer Stefanelli in the 76th minute, and then Kai Kamara scoring for his 10th MLS club in 90 plus two minute. Uh, and what was a was a nice finish for Kai Kamara. Huge story uh, for Kai Kamara, but that gives them their first win of the season for for Chicago. They jump up from two points to five points, so they were bottom of the East really. If you looked at where they would have sat with three points if it finished as a draw and they jump all the way up to 12th, um, only one point back of a a playoff spot, the fire. And they're only one point behind Miami who sits in that last playoff spot. Miami is a team we thought would be better where they were. And the last two weeks, they've kind of struggled. Uh, Austin drew with Colorado 1-1. Lots of frustration for Austin fans there. Houston beat MICFC 1-0, as we just said. Seattle beat KC 4-1 as Kansas City finally scored again. And I think they scored first, actually. That was a uh, that was a, a, a Gata scoring in the fifth minute. Uh, then when it is 2-1 after Jordan Moore scored in the 23rd and 54th minute, Ben Sweat gets a red card and then Jordan Morris scores again in the 69th nice and 77th minute Jordan Morris four goals he looks like the Jordan Morris of old um I think he's like he's got to be leading the golden boot at this point uh Minnesota drew with Vancouver 1-1 as they get a late equalizer Cincinnati edges out Nashville 1-0 um, St. Louis beat Salt Lake 4 nils. we just said. LAFC beat Dallas 2-1. And then San Jose and Toronto drew for a nil-nil result. And yes, Jordan Morris has seven goals on the season, which is two more than Klaus on St. Louis. Uh, USA beat Granada 7-1 on Friday. That was a pretty big result. If we look at the Open Cup, Ocean City, Nor'easters beat Westchester 3-1. Um, inner San Francisco loses to El Farolito 3-0. Appalachian um, faced off against NC Fusion. They finished 2-2, but Appalachian moves on on penalties. Club de Leon B loses to Nona. My mom would like that. That's what she goes by for my nephews. <laughs> Manhattan beat FC Motown 2-1. Beeman United it loses to Des Moines uh, 3-0. Chicago House Athletic beat Bavarian United 1-0. Tulsa beat Brazos Valley 1-0. UDA Soccer beat Park City 1-0. Project 510 loses to XF Crossfire. Don't know who they are. That's 3-0. And Capo FC beat VC Fusion 4-1. On Thursday, uh, Armada under 23s beat Miami United on penalty kicks. Cleveland beats Lions Bridge 1-0. And Lansdowne beats Hartford City 2-1. Some great names in, in there. USB El Salvador 1-0 at Exploria Stadium, which is the... Uh, they've not ever lost there at Exploria, so that's, that's pretty big. Huh, so there you go. USA move on to the semifinals of the CONCACAF Nations League. All right, let's preview the upcoming weekend fixtures. It's time for the Match of the Week preview. 
That was much lower than it usually is. That was pretty good, right? That didn't blow my ears out. I didn't cry that time, so that's good. <laughs> so on April 1st, these are no joke, by the way. We have Atlanta United hosting uh, New York Red Bulls at 7.30. Cincinnati hosting Miami at 7.30. That one is free on Apple TV. Um, Columbus hosting Salt Lake at 7.30. LA Galaxy hosting Seattle at 7.30. That one's free and also on Fox. New England hosting NYCFC on Apple TV. That's also free. Um, Orlando hosting Nashville at 7.30. The Union hosting SKC at 7.30. <laughs> Look, this might be a game where nobody scores. <laughs> SKC. It might be a nil-nil. Toronto, Charlotte, 7.30. That one's free. 8.30, Chicago hosting DC United. Dallas hosting Portland at 8.30. That one's free. St. Louis hosting Minnesota at 8.30. Really interested in that one. Not to spoil anything. Uh, Colorado hosting LAFC at 9.30. San Jose hosting Houston at 10.30. That's free. And then Vancouver hosting Montreal at 10.30 as well. Logan, I ask you, what is your pick for match of the week? Uh, I feel biased because I've got a couple of, uh, Orlando City things here. But I've got to go Orlando City versus Nashville. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Um, it's going to be Might hosted. be another nil-nil. <laughs> no, no. It could be, yeah. Uh, it is hosted in Orlando. Um, Nashville haven't really been able to score neither of Orlando. So, Jordan, you might be right. Or this might be the breakout game. Um, for, uh, once again, Martino Heda uh, coming off a really good performance against uh, the Union. I thought he looked fantastic in the second half of the Charlotte match. I thought he started to kind of find his footing in that home match against Tigres as well. Um, so it, it's starting to look up. Facundo Torres hasn't hit the ground running yet. Pedro Galese will be back as well. Um, so that's always exciting. Uh, so I'm, I, I think Orlando City, with how well they've been playing defensively, they should be able to kind of keep Nashville in check. But I think this is... These are two top teams in the Eastern Conference right now, so I think it'll be interesting to kind of see how it pans out if Nashville can continue um, to just grab a goal and eat by and grind out some of these wins, or if Orlando can kind of take hold and start to really find their footing in the attack because this would be massive against a Nashville team that usually depends pretty well. So interested to see how this pans out. Could be nil-nil. Could be a really boring game. But also... I think that's that's what I'm leaning for. <laughs> I, my match of the week, I would love to say Galaxy-Seattle, but Galaxy have been so disappointing that and I don't think I can say Galaxy, Seattle. I'm going to go with St. Louis, Minnesota. St. Louis, surprise team, five straight wins. Wow. Can they keep it up? They're going to be in St. Louis. There's a chance for them to keep it up. But Minnesota, Minnesota is in fourth place. They've played four matches only. They have eight points. Away from home, they have two wins. At home? two draws, right? So they haven't lost on the season yet. Um, away from home, they have two wins. That's a pretty big deal. They're going to be away from home. It's the first time these two teams will ever face off. I think this could be a really fun match. Um, really fun match. I'd uh, love to see if St. Louis can get six in a row. Like how long can they go before they even draw? And then will they draw before they lose? That's kind of like a question I have in my in my head um, as we go week to week here. Really curious to just see how long this can continue because we talked to the guys from ball watching about it, right? Like eventually they're going to lose, right? Eventually they're going to draw. Um, is it this week? I don't know. What's the most that a team has ever started with wins? Do we know that? I think they tied the record for Galaxy. I think they did with five. But yeah, right? nineteen. Yeah, I think nineteen ninety eight Galaxy or nineteen ninety six Galaxy. So I think they tied it. Now just need to beat good old Minnesota United. Yeah, that's um, so another chance at history for St. Louis if if they win this. The buck might start there though, Jordan. So yeah, th or stop there, huh? Because they the buck might stop there because uh, they play Seattle away <laughs> the next game. Uh, in Seattle, we'll look like world beaters, uh, aside from a match or two. So uh, they, they Seattle look like they're kind of back, and that's kind of scary for the rest of the league, I think. Yeah, I think I'm curious 
it's about the Seattle LA game because Seattle scored 10 ga- 10 goals, yeah. right? LA's only given up 4. LA doesn't score a lot. Seattle doesn't give up a lot. That's feeling like another nil-nil or like possibly Seattle just another 3-0, 4-0 win it. Um, win you know, for Seattle. Um, that could be a, you know, they were just away from home when they just completely spanked SKC, right? So Jordan Morris looks to be like in the best form of his life since the injury, um, which is just in, so interesting the way he's out there playing right now. So that that has some intrigue in the sense of like can Seattle or will it be like a Cincy game where Seattle just doesn't have it right like that there's some like you said they mostly looked good except for like a game or two um but I'm just wondering if the Galaxy will kind of drag Seattle down, down to their level for this game but I don't know I think if I'm going to be watching a game that's not the Union SKC which I I don't think is going to be a good game at all uh, it would be St. Louis, Minnesota. I think 8.30, that game. I don't know. It just seems like that should be a fun a fun match. So, Anything else before we jump out of here? Anything I missed that we should talk about? No. I think uh, Ricardo Pepe looked fantastic. Had three goals, Jordan, against Granada and El Salvador. Uh, I thought Christian Pulisic looked really good when he was playing. Brendan Aronson got a goal. Gio Reyna played pretty well. Like It, it was a good window uh, for this U.S. men's national team. And Florian Balagun. Balagun? Balagun? Uh, yeah, we didn't, say I don't know how to didn't say talk about that name. at all. Balogun, I think Balagun, right? Yeah, Balagun is how I would say it. Um, but the big time number nine, who uh, is I think only like second or third in La Liga, or Liga Un, uh, I think with Mbappe and somebody else, that was really good. But uh, one of the best strikers, a young strikers ahead of yeah. Mbappe. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of uh, intrigue and a lot. He of deleted interest. all of his England pictures. Yeah. Um, he was in Orlando. He was here this to talk window. about. Yeah. He was here to talk about the possibility. Nope. I I know a lot of people were following this. I you know, he wasn't at the game yesterday, and then people were like, "See, I told you he doesn't want to be here." And then some people were like, "Well, he's just going back to his club team." And then right. you know, like there's just all this talk about it. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until he's cap tied. Is how long go. I'm gonna wait to celebrate this because, you know, I've been teased before by players like this so i'm i'm gonna wait until it's official official um but i think but i know some people are kind of getting ahead of themselves here yeah but i think the way that it's set up i think if he does decide to play with us men's national team he has to play with us men's national team because he has to switch because it's like he only has a one-time switch for some reason um which i think probably because i don't know to do because i think he's played with three of the teams he's played with i think it was I don't want to guess. Nigeria, I think it, Nigeria right? yeah. I, that's what I thought it was. But then I think it was Nigeria, England, and U.S. And I think when a player plays for three teams, they have to – once they narrow it down to two, they can no longer switch because they played for too many. So I think I think they do. I think I don't think it matters about cap tying. I think uh, if he decides U.S., I think he has to go. But I don't know the rules. Okay, well, I'll wait until it's official. I'll wait <laughs> until he's on the field wearing a jersey right. at the 20, in the 2026, 2026 World Cup. World Cup. <laughs> that is when I will celebrate this, all right? Yeah. Um, and everybody's healthy, Jordan. Yeah, so everybody's that, healthy, except Tyler Adams. Exciting. That's exciting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He just had hamstring surgery, we learned today. Yeah. Should be fine, though. But, yeah. He'll be fine. It's just he's missing the rest of the season. For Leeds, I'm sure that's a that's a bit of a blow because yeah. they are um, circling. The th- they did jump. They did up a, quite a few places just because of a win, due to how tight it is in the Premier League right now. So, you know, they might they might still survive this, and yeah. if they do, then we'll still have some U.S. players um, in the Premier League. That's not Pulisic, so that's nice. Or the Fulham boys, I guess. All right. Well, if you want to give us a follow, we are at Stateside Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email us statesideshow at gmail.com. Closed Pyramid will be coming next weekend or this upcoming weekend. 
uh, Ted Lasso recap for last week and a Ted Lasso recap for tomorrow's episode will be coming um, probably later in the week or the weekend as well as we continue to catch up due to us taking vacations. How dare we? Um, so we'll catch up on on those things as well. But uh, so so stay tuned for those. No midweek episode this week because we just covered the upcoming week tonight. So we don't have to worry about that. But thank you all for watching or listening. We will catch you all next week when we talk about these fun weekend matches. <laughs>